Hey guys, so this week is a little different, but I'm still really excited about it. Usually I just talk about Laguna and then I do like the pop culture advice thing at the end. But the Queen of America, Taylor Swift, has released a new album and I am beyond excited to talk about it. I could honestly talk about Taylor Swift for hours and just ask the people I work with. I do talk about Taylor Swift a lot. I can't help it. I've been a fan since... I want to say I was like 15 when I got her first album, but I downloaded Tim McGraw off LimeWire and probably gave my computer a virus. So I've been a fan for a really long time. So this is actually kind of a funny story. Last year, I tweeted that I only registered to vote because Taylor Swift told me to. And what happened was kind of a snowball effect. I was on BBC. I was interviewed on that. Some Japanese news station interviewed me, but I still wasn't in the rep room and I'm trying not to be upset about it. Okay, Taylor, I forgive you. Maybe you didn't see it. It's okay. I know I got last minute tickets to Reputation, so maybe that's why you didn't invite me. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I I accept it. But yeah, I've been a huge fan for a long time and I just made a Tumblr, but I think I'm too old for Tumblr because I am 28 (laughs) and I'm like looking through it and I'm like, um, I don't know if this is right for me. Like if this is what it takes to make a secret session, I'll try my best, but that's probably like two years away and I'm going to be 30 and I can only hope that Taylor continues to do secret sessions or just like something. A lot of people will like message me about Spencer being a Taylor Swift fan and I want to clear the air right now. Okay, guys. I know, I know. I'm so bitter about Spencer, but I'm more mad that like people love him again. But anyway, a lot of people are like, well, he's a big Taylor fan. I'm like, bitch, please. The only reason he started that look what you made me do thing is because he was in a meeting with Jason before the Hills reboot. So I'm guessing they were kind of trying to figure out how to get the Hills reboot to happen. And he filmed himself and Jason and it was like a shot at Lauren. And we know we know that Taylor would be team Lauren And we know that she wouldn't like Spencer. And I know, like, she met Spencer. But I've been watching his snaps recently, which is a mistake on my part. But whatever. I'm going to admit it, guys. That's my dirty little secret that only this podcast gets to find out. But I've been watching his stories lately. And he's like, I was emailing with Taylor's team. Yeah, fucking right, dude. I'm sure there are some people who believe him. But there is no way that Spencer is, like, talking to Tree all the time. That's her publicist's name. I think it's Tree pain but I think I made that last name up I know her first name is tree though she's a bad bitch she gets everything done and we're a fan of her but I'm really excited to do this podcast thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for letting me be a crazy ass Taylor Swift fan you know I'm also like a big Backstreet Boys fan and someone was like isn't it kind of like don't you feel too old to be a fangirl and the answer is no sometimes at Kelsey Ballerini I feel a little old because I'm older than her I feel a little weird, but whatever. Like I support her. I buy her music. I go to her concert. I spent a lot of money to meet her. So you know what? She better appreciate it because I don't have much money. All right. So like I said, if you're tuning in, I'm sure you know, Taylor released her album Lover and it's August and we've kind of been teased about this album since like February. So we've waited a long time for this one, guys, and I definitely think it was worth the wait. I know this is actually like a lot of people's favorite Taylor albums. Not my favorite. I will say that I still love Reputation. I still put that on repeat. Don't worry. I have it on my iPod because again, I'm ancient. I have an iPod that I still listen to. But I'm not streaming it, not giving Scooter Braun that money. No way. But I do love Reputation. I think that will always be my favorite album. And I think like seeing it in tour made me love it even more. I have gone from red until now. So I guess three. I've seen her three times. I will see her until, you know, she doesn't do tours anymore. 
again, real quick, I keep like jumping all over the place. I have notes. I have like talking points, but I get excited. I can't help it. She did say that with this album, she kind of didn't want to do stadiums or anything, which I thought was interesting because it means that like it's going to be harder to get tickets and I'm going to have to fight 12 year olds to get good seats because I am not being in the balcony this time. I want to be, well, maybe like the first up from the field or whatever. I don't want to be in the nosebleeds. That's all I've ever had is nosebleed tickets. And I think it's because like if I was closer, I'd have to spend more, but it would also be like a lot for me to handle. But I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready to handle it. Okay, so let's get into Lover finally. Thank you for letting me ramble. I just want to say that I'm not going to act like I know the most about Taylor and her hidden messages and all that. I listen to her music as a fan and then I investigate. I'm lying. I actually let other people do all the investigating here. Here and there I might pick up on like an Easter egg. Like I realized that, you know, in the you need to calm down video, she had the mom, I am a rich man hanging up the share quote. And I was like, oh, okay. So that makes sense why there's a song on her album called The Man. But typically, I do not pick up on Easter eggs at all. If you're super into Taylor theories, I suggest checking out Lauren Lipman. She does a bunch of videos. There's a podcast called Be There in Five. She has a couple deep dives about Taylor. And I get a lot of my info from a Taylor Swift group on Facebook called the Steeny Swifties. They're awesome, too. I really love them. And you can kind of post whatever you want which is really cool too. Obviously, it's positive. I think you can join that. I think it's open to anybody. So it's Steeny Swifties. Then, of course, you see things on like Twitter and now like Tumblr that I'm trying to get into the Tumblr world again. I was into Tumblr when I was like 19, 20, 21, and then it got hacked or something. And I was like, okay, I'm over it. But yeah, I can't really. <laughs> I feel so ancient trying to figure everything out. So yeah, most of this information comes from like who I said before and then some BuzzFeed articles, things like that. And this is just kind of like a ramble about Taylor and her new album. Maybe one day I'll do another podcast where, you know, I do like a deep, deep dive into more Taylor stuff. But for now, it's only Lover, maybe some throwback kind of stuff, because in my opinion, the lyrics of this album remind me of Speak Now in Red and the like the music behind it reminds me of 1989. Controversial opinion, I am not a big 1989 fan. I think it's probably my least favorite album. Whenever I say that, people are like, what? That's Pop Masterpiece. I'm like, no, no, no. Pop Masterpiece to me is like Backstreet Boys, Black and Blue, Backstreet Boys, Millennium, Britney, Oops, I Did It Again. That's Pop Masterpiece. Like 1989 was great. I actually think that's like her first album that or her only album, not just her first album, but her only album that has like great lead singles. But the actual songs on the album just didn't speak to me except for New Romantics. I love that song. Wildest Dreams is great. Clean's not bad. You know, songs like that. I don't hate the songs. I don't like Out of the Woods. I know a lot of people love Out of the Woods. Don't like that one. I know Places is fine, but this isn't a 1989 podcast. I just want to let you know my controversial thoughts when it comes to Taylor's <laughs> Taylor's body of work. So back to what I kind of just touched on with 1989. You know, she she put out all these really good singles and I thought that the album was kind of lackluster. And a few people have asked me why Taylor releases her worst songs off the album as lead singles. And in my opinion, she's always been one to release her weaker songs. I don't want to say bad because they aren't bad. They just aren't the strongest songs on the album. I feel like she does it to like weed out the fake fans. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Taylor changed. And that's something I did not like me that much. 
I definitely didn't like You Need to Calm Down. The Archer, I didn't even really like that one. Then Lover came out, and I was like, okay, all right, Taylor, I see what you're doing, and I'm here for it. I was very nervous I wasn't going to like this album. Definitely like it. So, like I said before, real ones know. Real ones know that once we get the album, we're going to be, like, immersed with the lyrical poetry that is Taylor Swift, that Taylor Swift is known for. And all I can say is that this album definitely delivers, okay? This album, I've kept it on repeat for, like, what day is it now? Wednesday? So, what, five days? It's been out for five days or something, just about. Yeah, let's go five days. (laughs) It's been out five days, and it's just been, like, on repeat, and I've just been listening and picking up on different lyrics and I'm a lyrics person songs with good beats are cool and all but like I need lyrics to dive into and be like I feel that I feel that so like I said I was nervous about the album um but I will say me you need to calm down and Archer are probably my least favorite songs on the album which and I do still love Reputation I know I said that earlier I think Reputation is my favorite album and probably will be for a while you know for a long time I said it was Red but I skipped some songs on Red I skipped like 22 stay 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 I just like started to appreciate the song starlight which is funny because now this is like a seven-year-old album eight years old whatever but I love me some like angry sad angsty Taylor Swift I can't help it maybe that's why I didn't like 1989 I felt like it was just too poppy not authentic to Taylor but I feel like reputation in this one We're back. We're back, guys. Don't also don't worry. I still spent money on the 1989 tour. I really feel like this album is like pure poetry. I really do. I feel like she's singing poetry, basically. And it's definitely a nice way to go from like the darkness that was reputation to the lightness that is now lover. I just I love angry and sad Taylor. And that is my cross to bear. I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess because I like to think I'm like a little dark even though I know I'm not super dark but whatever I love angry Taylor and I can't help it so with this album there are definitely two things that Taylor wants us to know first she drinks homegirl wants us to know that she drinks and she mentions it in a ton of these songs and she also wants us to know that she has sex Taylor is grown and she is letting us know with like the song false god she talks about her hips being the altar oh my Taylor who are you I don't even know you anymore (laughs) But no, I think the, all right, I'm going to go into False God like a little bit later in this. That's one of my top songs. And I also noticed like a few other things. She said 20 a couple times. Have I known you 20 seconds or 20 years? And a lot of people think that means that like she's going to be married in 2020. As Taylor does, she, you know, she kind of tells us things in a way that we may not pick up on it for a little bit. But eventually you're like, oh, wait, now it all clicks. Me personally, I don't think she's engaged or married. And I'm I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of people think that she's like secretly married to Joe. And I'm going to actually talk about that a little bit later, too. But I don't think she's engaged or married. Okay, like I said, I'll talk about that a little later. But the other things I noticed 20, she says 20, like I said, she references religion a few times throughout some songs, which I found interesting, whether she's praying to Jesus, like, and soon you'll get better or talking about someone being a false god. And then again, her hips are the altar. Damn. And like I said, she she doesn't do anything by accident. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like how religion is playing into Taylor's life right now. She also says blue a lot. And I remember in on the album Red, blue wasn't good. Blue meant sadness. 
but it seems like Blue brings happiness to her now. The song Delicate was allegedly about Joe. She never says who her songs are about. As we know, we have to put it together and we're probably wrong half the time. But she wrote Delicate about Joe apparently and she brings up Blue then. So a lot of people think that. So a lot of people feel like when she's talking about Blue, she's actually, it's like a way for her to mention Joe without saying his name. Okay. So I kind of did a rough list of the songs in order of this album. So get ready. Now, of course, there are 18 songs and I'm going to try and read these slow. And my favorites are constantly changing. When people ask me like my top five Taylor songs, I always go back and forth because they're ever changing. But here's what I got for this album as of August 28th, 2019. Cruel Summer. Miss Americana, Cornelia Street, Soon You'll Get Better, Lover, False God, sorry, False God, Afterglow, I Think He Knows, The Man, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Um, I Forgot That You Existed, Daylight, London Boy, It's Nice to Have a Friend, You Need to Calm Down, Me, The Archer, and Paper Rings. I feel like a lot of people really love Paper Rings, but I just can't get into it. It reminds me of like Stay, 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 which is a song I always skip. I think it's better than Stay, 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 but it kind of gives me that vibe. So I have to skip Paper Rings. I'm not a huge fan of it. So there we have it. There is my top 18 in that order as of 8, 28, 2019. <laughs> um, that's a fun thing with Taylor songs. I feel like they kind of, they always go with things that you're going through in your own personal life. Like all too well, I think I've said it before on other podcasts, but I was going through a really bad relationship slash breakup slash get back together slash breakup. Just, it was a mess. So all too well will always be in my heart as number one. And it's also just so beautiful the way she wrote those lyrics. But we're not talking about All Too Well, Kelly. Get it together. This is about Lover. I have to say that when I first heard about the song Cornelia Street, I was like, how is this going to work? How can you make that a catchy song? Like Cornelia Street does not ring well. It's not like Main Street or I don't know, Elm Street. You know, streets that like every town has that you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see why you'd make a song called Main Street. But Cornelia Street... I was like, oh, God, how is this going to go? But then, you know what? I should never doubt Taylor. I think we all know that at this point. You do not doubt the queen of America. I almost I just said America. I almost said England because <laughs> I'm about to talk about lover boy. I keep saying lover boy. It's London boy. London boy. London boy. I don't know why I call it lover boy. I don't know. But I'm actually really surprised that I liked a song called, you know, London boy, which I think is more of a satire song than anything else. You know, she's obviously dated a few English guys. You know, she's currently dating Joe Alwyn. Alwyn? Alwyn? I don't know which one it is, but she's dating him. You know, she dated Harry Styles and Tom Hiddleston, which I think were both for publicity stunts, but whatever. Let her do her thing. All right, maybe not Harry Styles, but probably Harry Styles too. I definitely think Tom Hiddleston was a publicity stunt. She loves those accents, and I don't blame her one bit. Also, the voice in the beginning is Idris Elba, who's one of the hottest men of all time. So, you know, I'm obviously a fan of that opening. I want to marry Idris Elba. Let me just I'm proposing to Idris Elba on this podcast in hopes that he'll hear it or someone on his team will. I know he just got married, though, and he's probably really happy with his new wife. But like if you're not Idris, I'm here. So, yeah, pleasantly surprised with London boy. I almost just said lover boy again. I wish. (laughs) So I also really liked Death by a Thousand Cuts. I know it's a little bit lower on the list that I just went off of, but it. 
I don't know. I, when I first read it, I was like, this sounds like a Fall Out Boy song title, but I'm into it, man. And there's one line of the song. It's like, paper thin cuts on my fingers from our paper thin plans, I want to say. And I can relate to that. You know, I don't even think that has to be a relationship thing. There are just some friendships that, you know, you keep making plans and they keep falling apart. And it's really frustrating. I have a few friendships like that. And I'm like, damn, now I have all these paper cuts from our paper thin plans. What the fuck? (laughs) The man. Let's talk about the man real quick. A lot of people have been hating on it, which I expected. You know, you kind of expect Taylor Swift to get some hate. As I said before, people want to make hating on Taylor Swift a full time job. And it's so annoying. Like, get a new hobby. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I don't like the. As I've said, I've said this a hundred times, and you guys are like, "Shut the fuck up!" I'm gonna hit that little fast forward button. But I don't like the Kardashians. I don't post about them, and I don't go on and be like, "Oh my God, did you see that Kanye West is probably making a little cult, and then they're gonna not have to pay taxes because it's gonna be in a religion?" And can you imagine the Kardashian family without having to pay taxes because they're a religion? Okay. See, I don't say that. I just said it on the podcast, but I'm not going to put it out there again. But yeah, a lot of people I feel like don't like the song The Man, but I really, really like it. And I also think it's really true. You know, Taylor said in her career that it would be so much different if she was a man when she was dating a lot when she was younger and not even a lot like dating just in the public eye, I guess. I don't want to say a lot because half of them were fake, not fake, like half of them were just put together by the media and the other half was us speculating and we don't, we still don't know like who she was really dating or anything like that. Hell, she could have been fake dating. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone she, I don't know. She could have been like dating someone in the spotlight, but really had like a great guy back in Nashville or something like that. That's, I don't know. I mean, we're never really going to know because I don't think she's ever really going to talk too much about her personal life I think she's realized that I just don't think she's ever really going to tell us anything about you know who she's dated who she's dating and again that's why I kind of feel like this whole engagement rumor wedding rumor thing doesn't have legs because even if she is she's not going to tell us even though Taylor loves her fans she does want to keep some things to herself okay back to the man so many people are saying things like she only writes about boys she dates and it's so frustrating because obviously there's a lot more than that But no one has ever said that about Bruno Mars or Ed Sheeran or Justin Timberlake. And that's something that she's talked about. She's like, you know, I get pegged as only writing about ex-relationships, but nobody has anything bad to say about Ed Sheeran writing about it. And she also has this line where she's like, I'd be a bitch, not a baller. Hell yeah, that is my shit. Like, I cannot wait to have some white claws and listen to The Man by Taylor Swift and just scream sing. I think that might be one of the most basic things I've ever said, but I will stand on my hill. I will sing The Man by Taylor Swift and I will scream. I'd be a bitch, not a baller. Also, like the subtle thing she says about Leo being Leo and Sandra Pay, I was like, oh shit. But my guess is she probably asked Leo for permission to use his name and he was probably like, yeah, whatever. Like it'll just get me more 24 year olds to think I'm cool if Taylor Swift is talking about me. We don't need no 25-year-olds, though. 21 to 24, that's their cutoff. They got to go. Expiration date for Leonardo DiCaprio is 24 years old. It's a good song, though. I love it. It took me a little bit to like it, I will say that, but I am a fan of it, and I really like the lyrics because it's true. As I said, I feel like I just keep repeating myself, like saying, as I said, it's true, you know. You guys have listened to me before, so you understand that I repeat myself, and I appreciate you for still listening to me. I do want to talk about the song lover really quick. 
I think I said this earlier. A lot of people think she's engaged and this is like a way for her to announce it. But I just think it's a really, really nice song. I think this might be one of my favorite Taylor songs of all time. I just think it's done so beautifully. I think the lyrics are so beautiful. When she does the vows in the middle and she's like, I take this man with every guitar string scar on my hand oh my god my whole heart like and the music video is beautiful too and I don't know if you guys know this I saw somewhere on Twitter I wish that I could remember the handle but each room in that snow globe represents each of her albums so the first room's green they're just moving in together that's her debut album the second room is yellow and they're playing games and sitting on the ceiling and it's still new. It's still fresh. So that's fearless. OK, I don't know how her mind works, guys. Like her mind is just on a different level that I don't think of. I don't know if any of you are this creative. Shout out to you if you are. <laughs> then we go to a purple room where she's just sitting there playing her piano, writing by herself. As we all know, she wrote Speak Now on her own. So again, that is Speak Now room. And then we get to the red room. Red room? Do you guys ever watch The Shining? Red Room? <laughs> that was stupid. I'm sorry. But then we get to the Red Room and she's sitting there, you know, with her guitar and there's a lot of people around her and she sees her boyfriend who she thinks is like flirting with someone else. And I feel like Red is a lot about relationships and kind of infidelity and how, how difficult it is to be insecure in your relationship. So that room is Red. And then we go to the Fishbowl Room, which is crazy. Like, Taylor lives in a fishbowl. There's no doubt. There's that Pink Floyd song, We're Just Two Lost Souls Swimming in a Fishing Bowl. Maybe she took it from that as well. But she's also said that she lives this fishbowl life, and whoever's with her has to kind of dive into that and be cool with it. So 1989, I feel like 1989 is when the press was really on her about everything. And she was way more in the public eye. She was with the Victoria's Secret models all the time. She was dating Calvin Harris. She was doing this giant tour. So that is the 1989 room. And then she gets upset and goes up to the attic, which is the reputation room, basically. It's very dark, and she's kind of withdrawn, looking back on her life, looking back on home videos, not on her life, but on just videos, I guess. So that's reputation room. And then the bedroom is lover, which makes sense, right? So it happens in the bedroom. That's where all the magic happens, right? I just sounded like an episode of Crips. <laughs> Okay, so now I'm going to talk about probably my favorite song on the whole album. I know I said like Cruel Summer was my favorite, but lyrically, I think Soon You'll Get Better is my absolute favorite. And I also think it's really relatable because I feel like a lot of us have dealt with loss and dealt with people who are sick in our lives and people that we love so much that it's going to be really hard and you just you hope and you pray that they're going to be better. And this song makes me really, really emotional. I know people wanted like more Dixie Chicks in it or they wanted it to more be like, you know, Dixie Chick Rock or maybe more like Not Ready to Make Nice, which I could definitely see. But this song is beautiful. I know that it's sad and I'm sure that it gets skipped, but it's so damn good. The lyrics are so beautiful and someone at the Secret Sessions actually said that Taylor had to leave the room when they played this song because it was too emotional for her. Now, if you guys don't know, um, last April, my mom dealt with breast cancer. And again, I think this is just a song that a lot of people can relate to. All the lyrics are so beautiful. I lived away from my mom when she was dealing with breast cancer, so I wasn't there to witness it. But before that, you know, my grandfather, he was really sick and I just kept praying that he would get better. And I feel like if I had this song, I would hold on to it for dear life. And it's just nice to know that other people kind of go through what you go through. Even someone who has, you know, 
a hundred million followers and is loved all around the world. Sometimes they go through the same things that you go through. And I think it's really nice. My grandpa means a lot to me. My mom obviously means a ton to me as well. I know a lot of people skip it because it's sad, but sometimes it's good to have a cry. (laughs) Sometimes it's really good to have a song that you can cry to and kind of have when you're when you're in a dark place, I guess. But some of the lyrics, as I said, they're just so incredible. There's a one line that I or I guess it's two lines, but I wrote it down in holy orange bottles. Each night I pray to you. Desperate people find faith. So now I pray to Jesus, too. And I am not a religious person at all, but it's true. I know for me when I'm desperate, when I'm in a desperate time, I try and find myself a higher power to pray to. And whatever you believe, you know, you're asking for some kind of sign. Also, the imagery in that line, it just gives me complete goosebumps. The imagery, I mean, again, her mind, (laughs) it's just something I could never write, or at least I don't think I could, but holy orange bottles. Is she saying that like these orange bottles are holy because they're going to be helping save this person's life, hopefully? Or is it holy orange bottles? Like, holy shit, there are a lot of bottles. I guess it's all up for interpretation with that song I just think it's so beautiful and then there's a part where you know she's like I don't want to make this about me and that's another thing I feel like a lot of people go through if you see someone who's hurting struggling you don't want to be sound selfish you don't want to sound selfish and be like what about me like I'm feeling this too so again you just you don't want to sound selfish but you know what am I gonna do if you're not here what am I supposed to do who am I supposed to talk to oh my god this song rips out my heart oh all right on a lighter note let's talk about cruel summer And in my opinion, this has to become a single, like by far the best song on the album. And I have dipped my toe in the Carly and Taylor rumor pool. If you don't know, there are a ton of theories that Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss dated. She's denied it. I'm not going to like try and out Taylor Swift or anything like that. And a lot of people think that this song is about their relationship. So it's just something to think about. I'm talking a little conspiracy theories. I don't think it's about Joe. I don't know if it's about Carly, but I don't think it's about Joe. Seems like if you believe any like Carly and Taylor theories, you're automatically a bad fan, but whatever. Okay, just take a look if you're interested in what I'm talking about. And I am a little nervous to like say that on a podcast. I'm a little nervous to say that out loud because I mean, Swifties can get very aggressive. (laughs) Anyway, it's an amazing song and I love the bridge where she sings, I'm drunk in the back of the car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. I said I'm fine, but it wasn't true. But she ends with, he looks up grinning like the devil. Like, it's like a scream. It's a lot better than what I just did. Just think of what I just did, but in Taylor's voice. I was going to do a little sound clips, but then I was like very afraid I'd get sued. I'm always scared MTV's going to sue me for like my Laguna voice clips, but like I'm really afraid of Taylor Swift. <laughs> so like I said, the whole song's so good. And I was scream sing this song until her next album. False God, okay? Sexual. Like, the fact that Taylor said, the altar is my hips, okay, Taylor. And honestly, I hate the saxophone. I'm going to say that. I do not like brass instruments. Like, for the most part, brass instruments really, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it. Here for it. I'm here for the sax. <laughs> I'm here for the sax and the song about sex. So Miss America, so Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince is actually a hidden meeting. It's about political culture, and I had no idea until I, like, looked around on Twitter and it was told to me and I was like yeah okay it makes sense now but I definitely think the line boys will be boys then where the wise men that is my favorite line of the entire song because we all know that locker room talk is okay 
I'm not going to get any more political than that. I try not to get political, as I say, but sometimes it comes out, especially when I'm talking about Taylor Swift and her music, okay? But I highly suggest you look up, you know, all the theories about that. I mean, the lyrics from this album are just incredible. I don't think there's anyone out there who would disagree with that. You listen to Taylor Swift music for the lyrics. You don't, you don't, I don't know. So many people are like, oh, it's just like a catchy song. No, you have to actually, you have to really listen to the lyrics to get like the full everything. As I said, I don't understand her mind. (laughs) But somehow it all makes sense. Somehow it like all makes sense together. So I just found like a random BuzzFeed list and I found out that her song Death by a Thousand Cuts was based on the Netflix movie Someone Great, which I surprisingly didn't love. I feel like I'm one of the only people who didn't. I love Britney Snow so much, but that movie just kind of fell flat to me. And another fun fact is that Someone Great was inspired by Taylor's song Clean, which was on 1989. Lover was actually supposed to be called Daylight, but once she wrote the song Lover, she knew that was the title. And this is my favorite fun fact is that Lover, Cornelia Street, and Daylight are all written by Taylor herself. Like, she's always involved in the writing process, but it was just her doing solo writes for those three. But those are, like, my, my thoughts, and I've been really listening to it I, I didn't want to pick out all the lyrics I love because I don't want to jack up anyone's opinion. Honestly, I told you like my favorite songs and I picked out a few songs to talk about. But one thing I love about Taylor is like, I may not love Paper Rings, but you could love it. You may not love Cruel Summer, but I can love it. It's just all these songs relate to so many different people in so many different ways. And let's give Taylor the credit she deserves because she's probably one of the best songwriters of our generation. I will say that forever. She's definitely one of the best entertainers. And I really hope that people start, you know, giving her the respect she deserves because she does more than just write about her ex-boyfriends. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know like I rambled on. I highly suggest you look up the people who I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast because they have a ton more information. If you want to know all the theories, definitely check them out. I just kind of rambled about a bunch of stuff. But thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, we're back with Laguna. So don't worry, I'm not going to like always do things like this, but here and there I definitely want to talk about things other than Laguna. As I've mentioned before, sometimes I get Laguna Beach burnout. All right, I hope you guys have an awesome week and get ready for a new Laguna episode on Tuesday. Oh, and have a safe Labor Day weekend if you celebrate Labor Day and if you have Monday off. I know if you work like retail or work in a restaurant, God bless you guys because I know it's a busy weekend. One last thought on the song Afterglow. Can we all agree that Afterglow is code for makeup sex? All right, now I'm really done. Okay, have an awesome week. Bye.